This is episode 302 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel Dion. Think of something clever again. Manzano. That was not very clever. Will, the fate of the galaxy rests on Hoth. Hey, quit. Prepare the planetary shields. Ready the ion cannons. Ryan, 10 days and counting, Staniszewski. Yes, this is your last official double-digit day before Worlds. That's right. Prepare. prepare. Get, get yourself ready because Worlds is around the corner. Even if you are not attending but you enjoy yourself some X-Wing, prepare yourself for tons of content just like a fire hose worth of stuff coming your way. Uh, you know that, of course, you're going to be getting that live coverage from gsp uh, a bunch of people facebooking and tweeting and tiktoking about it uh as well as any updates that we get from amg uh this isn't inside information but i know that they are planning on doing a uh uh, like I forget, there I don't know, remember what they're calling it, but like a state of the studio address, essentially. And there we're supposed to be getting some announcements. My understanding is like their big announcement isn't uh, revolves more about more around Marvel Crisis Protocol. Is my understanding uh, that is a little inside information. But they said they do got some candy for us. So, prepare for some candy? I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I'm excited, though. They're like, Dion, you're going to be there? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to be there. Just let, 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 let us know. And we'll know when we know. As for I'd be cool with just actual candy. I can get you candy. What's your, what's your favorite candy, Marcel? Um, Depends. Which category? Like, just general. Like, if it's a hard candy, it'll probably it be like a Jolly chocolate. Rancher. If it's like a chocolate, it's probably... Um, hmm, that's a tough one. So I'm if I said, so so right now, if I said, if I said I could, I could magic you, wapush, magic you any candy you want. What would you want right now? Reese's Pieces. There you go. See, easy. All right. What about you? Let's 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 round table this. Uh, Snickers and uh, Laffy Taffy for a non-chocolate candy. Saltwater taffy specifically, right? I'll take a, I'll take Kit Kat. Kit Kat's pretty strong, pretty pretty strong. I like Twix myself. I like I saw Twix. The Twix on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sa- Saturday, Sunday. Saturday. I don't know. Sa- it was Saturday. For you guys that don't know, so my daughter does Irish dance. This weekends are like crazy for Irish dance stuff. She's got shows. She had shows on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then again this Friday, which is actually St. Patrick's Day, and then Saturday. It's absolutely crazy. But we're doing the, the, the parade. And then on a whim, I told Arwen, I was like, Marcel lives really close to here. She goes, can we go to Marcel's house? And I was like, I'll call Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up going oh, out to lunch. Building. <laughs> building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to explain to her, like, what a condo is. It was very – with a six-year – this is an interesting conversation with the six-year-old. She's like, so it's an apartment? I'm like, no, it's not a ah. – anyway. It you was fun. just well say, like, apartment. 
I mean, but I wanted her to understand. Like, she's six, but she's not dumb. She just doesn't. Un- she doesn't have a. She's right. Like she. She got. She ended up understanding. She goes, oh, "Okay, so he owns the apartment, and it's just called a condo." And I say, "Yes," and she goes, "Okay." There you go. Now she knows what a condo is. Hmm? Never. Don't be afraid to teach ever. Um, note to self: Get candy to bribe GSP with in case I play them at Adepticon. Correct. Have have some salt uh, water taffy. You're gonna have to beat that bribe with the uh, famous uh, Sarah cookies that I'm likely to bring to Adepticon. So strong. 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 Those are. <laughs> they're, they're quite delicious. Um, as for announcements and news, Sector Series update. We're in the top four, people. We are in the top four. Matches will be streamed. Uh, will and James are going to take on one of the games. I'm going to take on one with whoever's available. Uh, and we will bring you those games once we know they are scheduled. As for who is in that top four, let's go ahead, take a second, and let you know our final top four competitors. And I definitely am stalling because my window isn't loading for some reason. And hopefully the podcast doesn't turn off is our top four right now are uh Ulrian Condre versus JB Fancourt on one side and Sunset Cyber versus Obi Juan. I want to go back and do you guys know what sectors they're in or they were from? Uh Sunset Cyber should be from sector one. That sounds right. That sounds right. I just don't remember. Let's see. I might be able to figure it out by just looking at the bracket here. Uh, uh, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling them up here. What, Sunset Cyber uh, is representing Sector 1. All right. Uh, we have uh, nobody from Sector 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, sector 3 is Obi-Wan and JB Fancourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would make Contre uh, sector one as well. Sector four. Oh, he's sector four. Yeah, all so, of these sector twos got knocked out. Gone. Gone. You, you, it's over. Sector two destroyed. All righty. Which sector will be victorious? Oh, love it absolutely love it so uh once we know we will let you know we'll go ahead we'll post it of course on facebook and discord so you know when those games are happening so you can watch live exciting to uh to see how that is all wrapping up of course, our podcast is brought to you by our amazing GSP patrons. If you want to be a part of our largest group of supporters, you can go to patreon.com slash goldsquadron. Our coverage of the world championships and other events that we travel to is supported by you. Thank you so much for your support. All right. As you know, all of our topics have been leading towards this big event that's coming up in two, 10 days, the world championships and we thought that today we talk a little bit about setting your expectations slash goals and i want to talk about the difference between those two uh for worlds maybe we should add slash hopes because that's different than expectation and goals right expectations slash goals slash hopes for worlds uh, there's different levels of competitiveness there's different ways to just look at the tournament um 
And then after that, um, I like how, how Ryan, you, you put it as like, what should you be like doing in these last 10 days, right? To help or support those expectations. Uh, it's going to be good stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about also, uh, you know, if you don't make it past the LCQ and that's part of your expectations, what are some of the other things you can do? What side events are happening? What's the, what's the download? Do you know, can you guys give us some, some, some secret information? And actually I do have some things that are not explicitly put out there on the Adepticon website that we'll go ahead and throw out there. And of course we're going to hit that boogeyman of the week. This week it is Poe. Dameron in that Falcon. We'll hit that. Uh, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What kind of lists are coming with it? How do you fly it? Question mark. I don't know if that's our best advice. I don't know if anybody here is flying uh, Poe. Maybe. Don't want to give away any secrets. But what are some of the things that we're seeing from uh, from that pilot? What is it good at? So on and so forth. So setting expectations and goals slash hopes. Let me let's start by hearing you you three are competing. I'm not. What are your expectations, goals, hopes? Because I know you three are coming from three. You all, all three of you have three very different mindsets and approaches to how you go about X-wing. I'd love to hear where 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 you're at, Marcel. You want to start us off? Uh, sure. So the. The goal is always to win. So the goal is is uh, undefeated world champion. Like you Fair. know that that is the goal. Um, the expectation, honestly, um, so the expectation is I don't think I have the best list. I think I have a list that I am comfortable with, which mm. is good. Uh, so I don't think I have the most optimal list, but it's something that I'm comfortable with and something that in playing, I haven't been bored yet. And mind you, I have not played a lot, but I haven't gotten <laughs> bored of it yet, which is a big deal. Cause I tend to, um, uh, once I get bored, like I tend to get this this interested. Yeah. Um, so you're, I you're actively engaged in the yeah. list right now. Yeah. I, I like the list. It seems interesting. I don't think it's like head and shoulders above other lists it's 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 good it's not it's also not a bad list um i have not really practiced much um if at all like i've played games but i don't think i would call it practice practice mm -hmm. um so i do think that i'm an above average player so i don't think like i'm a, i don't think i'm, I'm going to make dumb choices even mm -hmm. if i haven't played in a long time uh so honestly my expectation is really uh seven and three if i don't do seven and three across two days i will be disappointed like if i if i only won six games i will be disappointed if i win seven games i think that's that's probably fair uh eight games i think it's very doable nine games um i actually feel like if I get the right matchups and do everything, nine games, ten is is. Um, I don't think I'll I'll, I'll win ten games, and okay. I'll tell you this why. Because if I win nine games, I will one hundred percent ask for a draw. Game ten. Yeah, I mean so, that just that just makes sense. Yeah, like so, but um, but yeah, like seven is where. 
I think is like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I guess when you're talking about expectations that at that level, whether I'm happy with my performance or not, I, I, I am shooting for an undefeated, undefeated win mm -hmm. of the whole thing. I mean, that's why I play the game. Of course, yeah. Um, but whether I'm satisfied with my performance or not satisfied with my performance is probably seven. Like if I if I get seven wins, uh, I feel okay. If I get eight wins, nine wins, obviously ten wins better. Um, if I get six wins, I'll probably be disappointed. Or if I don't make day two, I'll be disappointed. All right, Will. Um, well, I got to go through the LCQ first. Uh, uh, so. It's very true. Very true. So Marcel has an invite that's coming from from that that mentality. And, oh, sorry. One thing I wanted to hit as well, Marcel. What is your best record for anybody who maybe does is not familiar? Maybe it's our first episode. Your best record in a World Championship tournament. Uh, record as far as Swiss is seven and zero or nine and eight and one or nine and one. When that one time we did like ten rounds, I think. I Which lost got one. you as far as uh, eight top. Eight. That's when I think um, uh, I forget. Uh, Just Justin was it from Singapore? Yeah, Justin Poor. Yeah, he he knocked oh, me out. Top eight. Yeah, it, was, it was five jump masters. It was three on five. It was two <laughs> yeah. on three. Yeah. So many jump masters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and that was a revenge one. I actually beat him in Swiss, and he got me in the uh, in the cut. So yeah, so uh, I've done undefeated the last world seven zero. And then I did like I think eight, nine and one on that one, and then lost top eight against Justin. All right, Will. Uh, so yeah, I had to go through the last chance qualifier. So I'm, ultimate goal is to get four, at least four wins. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, be in the selected few that can go on to play. So that's Thursday. So then that way I could play on a Friday in the main event. That's the ultimate goal. I got to get through the last chance qualifier. Uh, after that, it's kind of like easy street. Uh, not, not too many, too much worry. Um, just making, I think, uh, day two. So what going three and two, you, uh, I believe is the cutoff for day two, all three and twos will make it in. Or is it graduated? Well, it's uh, in a six different six points. Nine okay. points. It's the nine, nine points. points. Oh, sorry, sorry. Eight, eight, eight points. Eight points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're the two wins, two draws, one loss. Yeah. So that, that's the ultimate goal: four wins on Thursday and three wins on Friday. Um, after that, on Saturday, totally, totally fun. Uh, <laughs> not looking for. Uh, I mean, a lot of hopes. Uh, I do have maybe a home field advantage in uh, the Adepticon. Uh, X-Wings, we played in X-Wing. Yeah, I think you were there at least a year or two before me. Mm -hmm. X-Wing's been in that same exact spot. Those same exact front tables. For... It, it feels it feels like, no, like it's not the like walk in and like, oh, this all feels new. We don't have to have that mental processing. This is like, this is just we've been we've been here done that which which is like there is a extra amount of processing that that does take when you're like like i'm kind of taking in your your surroundings the the surroundings being familiar does have an advantage in my opinion 
Yeah, sometimes we play under like that like lower overhang, but most of the time we're like right next mm -hmm. to the show floor. Mm -hmm. um, great spot. Now I'm one of those dark side rooms, so brightly lit. Yes. Um, lots of light. So yeah, uh, we're we're just hoping to get to, if we can play Saturday, I'll be uh, happy with myself. Ryan. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Right, same question. Will, what's your best finish in a world championship tournament? In a world's? Uh, I never made any cuts. And I think the one time that I got to play day two, like we like continued on Swiss. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, Tim Duncan knocked each other out. Like one of, <laughs> like one of us needed to win big. And yeah. we just neither one of us didn't. So no, we are like. Duncan? Yeah. Or Dugan? Yeah, Tim Dugan. Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim yeah. Duncan is a basketball player, yeah. Uh, uh, it was there could season. be more than one Tim um, Duncan in the world. No, no. I'm talking uh, TCX Radio. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, we ended up, like, 35th and 37th or something dumb like that. Like, neither one of us made it in, so that was pretty disappointing. So, yeah, I think it's, like, 30th? Uh, or, no, no. Yeah, like over 32, because I think that was the year they cut to thir top 32. And I think mm -hmm. that's the year um, uh, that uh, Simeon won, if I'm not mistaken. So it must have been the last one. A uh, first edition. Yeah. All right. What about you, Ryan? So I'm also in LCQ. So baseline, I want to get out of that. Um or wins are higher, I believe, guarantees it. Or maybe if I'm at three and one, might test the intentional intentional draw if I'm able to look at the standings. If it's on roll better, whatever is announced to be used for the uh, software that they're going to be using, if it's online capable to show everyone, or they're going old school and posting the lists up on the walls. <laughs> it's always the backup plan, I assume. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I was not happy with how I did at Gen Con, and I have a little chip on my shoulder a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I want to do better. I and um, and get get a pretty good showing at uh, two point five. Because I missed last year's Adepticon, unfortunately. Even though uh, Laud is one of the better events in X Wing history, I would say. Uh, thank you very much, Dion, again for that. Um, and uh, I think my only GenCon has really been my only premier 2.5 event I've gone to. Everything else has been either kind of like local or um, or it's been like Crossroads Classic, which was just before 2.5. Like they had some of the rules there, but it, it was like on the edge of like, oh, is it going to be here in time for us to do all the new right. stuff? No. Even if it did show up, oh my god, would it have been insane? If they, like, <laughs> like if rules dropped the day before, we're using them. Oh my god! Now looking back on that, that would have been nuts. That would have been crazy. We didn't know what we were talking about. No, <laughs> we, didn't, we had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I'm trying to make sure I prepare better uh, this time uh, versus Gen Con. I mean, I, I don't think my Gen Con prep was terrible, but I made the mistake of swapping to a different list that I probably shouldn't have. I'm not going to make that same mistake, ideally. Hmm. Um, so I'm hoping... I, I was trying to figure out what kind of feels more like making cut in this, because I think it's somewhere in between making day two 
and actually make the top eight cuts. Make the top eight cut, like that seems more like in the gravy area, right? That's yeah, like, yeah, that's that. The, the top the eight cut. out of hundreds yeah. is a lot. Um, but I think making day two is maybe for how many people there are is a day two of the main event is probably a little bit under what our average cut is. So I would I would want I would say my goal is a is a positive record at the end of day two of world's main event. Fair. That's my that, that's my equivalent to making cuts. Six mm-hmm. four. Um, Or yeah. draws in there somewhere. Six four. So, I mean, you know, ideally, you know, I want to be a, I want to be closer to having like in in, in competition or in competing to the for the chance the top eight would be would feel better to me. But I think mm-hmm. I'd still be happy with like a winning overall record. Yeah. Between the two days of worlds. Um. So. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my my general goal. That kind of feels like an expectation a little bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of, and everything after that's kind of on a gravy level. Um, yeah. So, question I, I for feel- uh, you two is: I know it's too early to tell. Do you plan on continue playing? Let's say you go um, three two, and then you lose round one, and you're three three on Saturday or, you know, or the second one, four, three or something like that, but you're eliminated for early for the, you know, like no, there's a, no, I'm, I'm, I'm playing, yeah. I'm you're, playing triple elimination. <laughs> okay. So you're playing all the way to the end of Saturday. If you get numerically, I mean, as long as, eliminated. as long as I don't have three losses, I think it'll depend on how I'm feeling about uh, the game. Like, like ideally, there's not a game where I feel like I made like such a gigantic mistake or there was such gigantic variance that knocked me out type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it also vastly depends on, you know, oh, are, you know, people who are knocked out, are they meeting up for lunch somewhere? Are we meeting up to go do something else, right? So I'm open to that. Like, sure, I, I, I'm, I'm going there to play majority X-Wing, but... yeah. There's definitely other stuff that I could do for as enjoyment level too. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I know one of the things when it comes to you know if you don't make a cut, we'll talk about you know the different uh, events and things that are available. Is that you know even if you're not, even if you may be mathematically eliminated, if you're still allowed to play on that day, it is still a better if you if we're just talking about straight monetary value, it's still a better value to just continue playing. If your plan is to go just to play, if we're just talking about the ability to play, it's still the cheapest because you already paid to do that. Because all the other playing, if you're playing any type of pods or events, does cost money. So just trying to keep a couple dollars in your pocket. If you're going, I'm, if you're saying my goal is to go there and play as many games of X-Wing versus people I've never played before because I want that experience because that's the most exciting X-Wing, then that's your, that's your best bang for your buck. Right there. As long as if you're, as long as you haven't, you know, been completely eliminated. Where they say, all right, you don't make the next day. If you can play, you play. Easy peasy. Now switching gears here a little bit. You know, we talked about your. You didn't ask Ryan his top. I think. Oh, sorry. What was what's your best finish, Ryan? Uh, 
the last worlds for first edition which is actually my first worlds um it was a it was broken up kind of like how this one is but it wasn't a cumulative total if you recall it was like x and twos it, it like reset each each yeah, stage x and twos made well it didn't completely reset because if you got three losses overall i think you were just knocked out mm-hmm. and then the rankings in mov would do the rest of it so i went x and two day one which means i had to go 3-0 which i did made the top 16 and moved on to the top eight where i was defeated by the eventual winner simeon mm. so switching gears here just a little bit let's talk about for the people at home how to go about setting their personal goals or expectations and i, I first want to talk about like when you set goals or expectations, I think it's important to be realistic, right? So, and you're also going to have different types of people. So, especially my my biggest like, let me let me back it up a little bit. There are people who have varying levels of competitiveness within this game. Right, we have everywhere from people who play. This is their beer and pretzels game will be at Worlds and even signed up for the LCQ. And they may be the most casual player you've ever met, and they literally do not care if they win or lose. There will be people on the other side of that coin that they they are there to play and they are there to win and everything in between. None of them are wrong. None of them are better than each other. But it's important, I think, to understand where are you personally on that spectrum of people Uh, because I think that goes into how you set your expectations for Adepticon. And then after that, you got to think about how does your preparation connect to your expectations right so if you're an ultra competitive player that hasn't done any preparation whatsoever you don't even know what you're playing yet uh and your expectation is to win the world championship that's probably the wrong take right um you know it's uh it's important to kind of match those things up with each other in my opinion that's how you can identify where are you on that spectrum of player make sure where how do your goals line up for that because i think one of the things that i see some people get caught up with guys and let me know if if you've seen this before you'll have that player that is usually pretty casual and they go at first they kind of sign up with that expectation of like like oh I'm just I'm just going to have a good time and hang out with people and they sometimes set themselves up for like anxiety because all of a sudden they put some type of other expectation on themselves to like oh you know I really want to I really want to have a winning record or, or who knows what it is but they may not be going in with realistic expectations. Have you guys ever seen uh, seen a player like that? Maybe chatted with somebody um, in the similar situation. Uh, as far as like they they come in just wanting to have fun and then change their expectations yeah um well i've I've seen it on the other way um where came in like prepped to be competitive and then decided no i'm just gonna have fun day of 
like I've seen that for sure. I think that was uh, the the it was with um, I think you were there too, Dion. We went to the Canadian Nationals, mm. and I had a list, and I was all like gun ho, try hard, and then at the last second in the morning of I think the Saturday morning, I was like. I don't want to do this. I just want to have fun. And and I borrowed chips from some Canadian people and, like, had fun, but yeah. tanked really bad. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody, once they get into their first, no matter what their expectation is, especially if they win their first game. Yeah. Um, I think everyone by game two, especially if they won their first one, probably starts getting that, that like... That little like antsy in your pants. Yeah, like maybe it could happen. Maybe, maybe me. Maybe me. Could it be me? I mean, that's every every dramatic storyline starts with the first win, and then the second win, and then at what point do you get tilted? That's 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 the problem. It's like I'll go. I could have won this if I didn't. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you did to ruin it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think um, and for me, just making sure that that your expectations are realistic to what you're going into and just making sure I think priority is having having fun. And now here's the thing. Having fun is different for each person. So when I am competing, when when my time is and energy is going to I am competing, the act of competing is fun to me like even losing like it's still it's all part of that box for me personally of i'm in the competition that is what is fun for me um and when you stop having fun whatever that is for you i think it's important uh to make it to be to recognize that you do have the power to just take a break step away it's all right you can forfeit a game and come back to the next game or drop from a tournament uh you know that's that's always a possibility because ultimately you do want to try to have walk away with good memories when it comes to these trips right don't don't waste your time sulking or, or being you know upset if you can uh, maybe manage those emotions and those expectations so i just i just had a thought yeah um, cause you know, you were talking about like, uh, your expectations change yeah. as you're playing. Um, I'm going to try something. So I'm going to, because just, we said like, well, at what point are you satisfied? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that I said, like, if I hit seven and three, I'm satisfied. Like, I feel like, like I did not, you know, embarrass myself. Like seven and three is good. It's respectable. Um, but I do know that if I do happen to go, let's say I'm eight and one mm-hmm. and then I lose round 10 and I go eight and two and that and miss the cut and maybe I'm at the bottom of the eight and two and I make the cut, I'm going to be super disappointed and super upset. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to actually print out seven and three equals smiley face. See if... If I do go for or even if I'm in the cut and lose and then I'm like, oh, I could have made it all the way, like stupid dice, you know, whatever. Right. If I can reference that and be like, I kind of use that as a as an anchor to be like, no, like I shouldn't be upset that you like, had that you I, had success. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because I've had Actually, that happen where I where I show up somewhere and I'm like, my goal is to make cut. 
and then I'll go. Um, last year's Adepticon is not a good example because I actually genuinely didn't care. But there's been <laughs> other times, you know, world. Oh, actually, LVO. Like, the, yeah. you know, when Duncan knocked me out of the LVO uh, last last year or something like that. Uh, I came in just to have fun, and I didn't have any expectation. But then, actually, actually, it wasn't LVO. It was. Um, Philadelphia or something like Washington, one of those. He knocked me out in the first round of the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just came in to like have fun. I was trying a new list and it was just whatever. And I made the cut and then he knocked me out in the first round and I felt really bad about it. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you know, I, because I, again, you, I'm thinking like, maybe I got it, maybe I got it, you know. And he knocked me out and I felt really bad. But ultimately, like, I did better than I thought I would do. I was just coming in to have fun and I made cut. But I walked away feeling salty because I, because mm-hmm. I lost. Now, would you say? Would you say that? Okay, so Marcel Manzano has had a lot of success in X Wing. Marcel Manzano has won a major tournament and has gotten really close, top eight twice. If a world's top eight once and then top sixteen twice, yeah. you've gotten really close. Two times, right? So I think there, there's also a perspective issue, right? Because for for yourself, you've been that close. You've t- you've tasted that, but you want you want to go one step further, right? Like you, like for is is it is it a, a perspective issue? Because I think somebody who's never let's say no, but somebody who's never made a cut before, and oh my god, I just I just got into the cut, the top eight, they may lose that game and just feel just, I, I never expected to be here. I only play against my friend Charlie in the basement. You know, like, <laughs> uh, if you play against Charlie in the basement, that's good luck, by the way. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are, it's, it's, is that kind of what you what you think it is? There's a perspective issue there? I mean, probably, yeah. I just, like I said, knowing myself that I do tend to change the expectation to further the tournament goes and then mm-hmm. usually feel bad that i lost even though sometimes i get over it faster um last year was an anomaly like when i lost the final against id i i i don't know why it was an anomaly i just didn't it didn't bother me at all but mm-hmm. that was probably the only time it always bothers me like i always feel bad about losing but i was thinking i'm gonna write down that i said seven and three is success yeah just as an anchor to re-anchor myself if i start getting upset be like oh now, if I go six and four, then I'll just be upset, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to be upset." Like, I'm supposed to look. I got my evidence. Yeah. <laughs> evidence. I said this I was is my license like, to yeah. be upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about how about seven and three is a semi face. Six and four, you you put you put this one just like the it is what it is. Five and five, then you can be the put the bad face, or okay? not missing, or missing first second day altogether. <laughs> 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 that that one's crying. That one's crying. You don't get mad. You're sad. Okay. <laughs> well, if you don't make it past the LCQ or day one of Worlds, uh, Ryan and Will, what are what are some of our other options? I mean, we got to talk about the X-wing options first. Yeah. 
I'm going Albert. to the Adepticon website, check, checking out their events. Uh, let's see. So what, what day is, what, what's the exact date? So Thursday is the 23rd, Friday is the 24th. Yep. Yep. So if you, as an, if either of us as an example, don't make it out of the LCQ, our Friday and Saturday has just been freed up. What can we do? Uh, well, it looks like on Friday, not much going on. A uh, big focus on uh, the world's day one uh, with, with a little bit of open play uh, on the available tables. Uh, but then uh, Saturday is really when it opens up. Uh, there's pods going on right now in addition to open play. Uh, pods are essentially uh, where eight players get together, play three rounds, um, and then uh, can declare one of them uh, a champion. Uh, they have wrote down uh, standard game mode, uh, which I don't really, I assume well, that's standard is in not extended. Yeah. That's what we would have to assume there. So quick, quick pro tip here. Um, the getting, see how they have tickets for these pods. Um, mm -hmm. This is so they can, make sure that they're allocating table space but if you if you get a ticket through here you're guaranteed basically guaranteed a pod but there is a very good chance that they will still sell you a pod ticket a pod spot there in person like so don't fret if you really wanted to play from 12 to 4 30 because if there is table space They'll make sure to let you play, but you'll see that uh, with those with those times, they um, you know they kind of have them. They say they have 56 spots for pod one, 32 for pod two, and uh, 56 for pod three. So scoop those up, and, and I'll be I'll be completely honest. Uh, if you get any of those and pay for it, and you just kind of walk up, there's a good chance they'll let you play at almost any time. You're like I paid for a pod, uh, just go just go play, just go play. It's gonna be fine. And there are some prizes that they've already announced out of the prize pool for Worlds that is only acquirable through side events. Ooh. I believe that, it, if I recall correctly, that is specifically the alt art standardized cards, mm. I think, from Battle of Yavin. That's right. Are they doing the normal prize tickets like previous? Uh, my understanding is there's not a prize wall, but I could be wrong. I am not running it this time. I'm just a streamer. I'm just, I'm just the guy with the camera and a microphone. That's my job that weekend. <laughs> All right. Then what about, uh, what are we doing on the 26th if we're no longer in the ch championship? Oh, one other thing. So oh. it's not going to be through Adepticon. But on Friday, Thursday and Friday, um, AMG just posted this earlier today. If you want to reserve yourself early tickets for the Star Wars Shatterpoint demos that will mm. be available at Adepticon. Even if you can't get these tickets now or don't want to sign up for them now because it's they're only set for Thursday and Friday being ticketed. They have said, and there, there, there is a page on their site that describes how they will handle walk-ups. There'll be a line for people um, that could stay in line, and when tables are available for demos, 
it will check to make sure the ticketed players are there. If the ticketed players aren't there in X amount of time, walk-ins will be allowed in to play the said demos. So if you're interested in the new game, Shatterpoint is going to be demoed at Adepticon at least Thursday and Friday. So that is one thing you could do on Friday if you don't make it out of the LCQ and into the world's main event day one. Mm-hmm. What are some other, what I mean, so, I mean, if you're into Star Wars, right, you're into things that, like, games that we like, what are, what are some other things uh, you can play in, Will? Uh, well, there is, as well, uh, there, of course, the other uh, AMG games, we got Legion and Armada, both are having uh, similar kind of uh, pods and uh, open play. Uh, but we also got to give a shout out to Aerodome as well, uh, a uh, inspired by uh, dogfighting game, uh, you might say, uh, but uh, a fantastic one at that. Uh, Aerodome, I think he's having uh, signups for competitive intro events. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's the first. It's the first ever turn like uh, like tournament that's happening. Uh, on, on large scale, yeah. Yeah, on a, on a bigger, uh, for, bigger scale. Uh, so that's pretty awesome to see. We'll have to find out more about that uh, as well. Uh, but the uh, the main attraction, though, it's got to be uh, the floor demos. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Varian was talking about the Shatterpoint, but also um, they show off other miniatures games. And that's kind of the uh, thought process that maybe... If you haven't um, haven't gone to Adepticon, I'm not as familiar with De Adepticon, uh, but it is like very, very much miniatures focused. Mm -hmm. Very, very little like role playing. Very little card games uh, out in attendance. Uh, the main focus is on like painting and uh, the competitive like war games that are out there. Yeah, I know I some people the, are into are into this game. I just saw it right here. Where'd Which it one? go? Uh, Snapships. Uh, oh shoot! Where did oh, it go? Oh yes, like yes. right here. Snapships Tactics demo. Like those. That's uh the creator. What is the creator of uh a tree cluster? I think designed this game uh, that you can like. It's, it's like le chip Legos. <laughs> you can basically assemble a ship and play with it. Uh, yeah, it looks just looks cool. If you want to just try something out, there's spots available for that. Like there's there's so much to do. Uh, if you just have if you have the time and you want to explore, really really look at the listings. I know it can be a little bit overwhelming, but type in things like demo trial um if you're not entirely sure and then look through the list because it's a little less overwhelming just type in demo you can see we got all these types of like learned plays and beginner stuff uh out there and if um you can also just go to chicago this is very true take a taxi a train if you got a car drive uh look ahead of time just plan ahead um there's a lot to do but there's also um there's a lot to do and, and you might get like um like 
kind of a paralysis a little bit like analysis paralysis where oh there's so much to do what do we do okay let's walk around and then you walk around eight hours and didn't do anything <laughs> um you know that's a real possibility so mm -hmm. uh ahead of time just uh, just in case i mean none of you it's not gonna happen to anyone nobody's gonna lose uh but if somebody does lose just and none of the other games kind of draw your attention or if you got two days, you'd lose the LCQ, and now you got Thursday and or Friday and Saturday. Be a gotta, tourist. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just find out like, what do I want to do? What do I? What can I do that is not uh, like a reservation based? Mm -hmm. Like you don't, you know, like you're not gonna say, well, you know, the, the Bulls are playing, so let me go watch the Bulls because those tickets may not be available. Yeah. Or, or or something like that. So it might be, um, you know, like check out the, the museums, the things. Just, just. Be, know ahead of time wh where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Make a plan, uh, especially especially because not everything is next door. It's a big city. Not everything <laughs> is next door to each other. So, uh, you, so you're gonna have to commute. Love it, love it, love it. So, I mean, um, you know, we, we talked about what what you can do at, uh, at Adepticon. If you don't end up making your expectations, you get knocked out. You still got plenty of options. Be a tourist. Play other games. Have a good time. Uh, and also, when games are over, don't be afraid to communicate with people. Those of us who have been to tournaments are very comfortable being going up to being like, where are you guys going for dinner? And just planning to get like, it's literally not even a thing. And if you're going as a group, you kind of expect certain people to come up to you and ask you like, what, where are we going? Like it's, it's all right to be like, Hey, I, my name is Jeff and uh, I came here with my buddies. I heard you guys are going to dinner. You mind if we tag along? I would say 95% of the X-Men community is going to be like, yeah, sure. How many you got? All right, cool. Hey, let's add them to the reservation. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Find, find some people to hang out with. Uh, there's no reason to be alone. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you, uh, you person listening. Don't do it. I'll call you out. Don't make me do it. All oh, right. hey, speaking of going out to eating and enjoying drinks and whatnot, um, one, be responsible. <clears throat> Two. Yes. Um, there is a certain person that is not allowed to pay for any of their food or drinks throughout the entire event, okay? Because they have done so much paying for other people and for other things throughout the lead up to Worlds, whether it's players or judges this person has helped pave the way for their enjoyment or pave the way for a better experience so it's our job as a community i'm calling on all of you to make sure isophane daniel Lim does not pay for any of his food or drinks at worlds 100 percent 100 percent don't don't do it don't let him. Don't let him out of your sight. It's a whole community's job. If you see him pulling out his wallet, Marcel, who's that basketball player? No, no, no. Who's that? What's his, what's his name? Hakeem Olajuwon. There you go. Mm -mm -mm. Don't do it. I've spoken. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's move on here. Let's talk about our boogie man of the week that is one 
Poe Dameron specifically, specifically Poe Dameron in that YT-1300. Um, let's go ahead and start by just pulling up the card and, uh, and, and breaking it down because that's probably where we should start. Oh, I, I thought I had the link and uh, apparently I didn't. So give me a few seconds here and we should have it. There it is. So Poe Dameron in the Falcon. Read it to me, Will. Uh, so this is an I6YT1300 uh, with the ability, before you execute a maneuver, you may spend one of your two recurring charges if you do ignore obstacles during that maneuver. Second ability, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may spend both of your charges to perform a white boost action or a red barrel roll action. Then, if you perform that red bear roll, expose one of your damage cards if able. It's so good. Uh, so, basically, uh, a de collision detector while you move every round, uh, if you want it. And in the rounds that you don't want it, you drop both your charges for either that juicy white boost or uh, it's an impossible large base barrel roll. Um, and if you have Ray's Millennium Falcon title, uh, you can even red barrel roll and then white, or well, boost red or white uh, after that, giving you a double reposition on a large base. Uh, maneuverable might be an understatement. <laughs> this thing could really move. That's a quote. There you go. <laughs> I'm the actual pilot. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, like, um, Ryan, like, how are we seeing people bring this in a list? Like, what's what what's the loadout? Do you, are you familiar with it? Yeah, um, I've actually spent um, a couple weeks uh, putting in some games with Poe Falcon, trying them out myself. Uh, but I'm seeing two main versions emerging. A lot of that depends. I, so here's 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 the, the number one upgrade you are just putting next to Poe Falcon and putting your stapler. Okay, it's called Ray Gunner. Okay? <laughs> um, and Ray's Falcon title, but that one's zero cost. So you don't have to worry about that any longer. Yeah. Ray Gunner um, makes this ship. Um, wh whether you take a focus action or a lock action, as you're like action to provide additional mod sphere damage ray gunner on top of that just makes this thing print three hits a majority of the time um very similar to your defender vader same very similar to your x1 yavin vader but when you have a lock um it's it's maybe not as high as those but it's close like you're, you're printing all hits on this ship um but you do need to take your action for it and but you're not as not a durable of a chassis with, as like a defender vader is um but you are a falcon with boost and um there's one thing i like with boosting falcons it's making that boost not red so engine upgrade kind of something i go towards pretty quickly um after that you look at your you look at poe's ability has just two parts to it as will just went over um 
I think that for personally me, the ability that stands out more uh, is the second part. Because the first part, sure, you can spend one or two charges and you, you can ignore obstacles during that maneuver. Cool. Um, I really like acting like an Aether Sprite, where I could uh, fully execute a maneuver, spend two charges, and then boost or red barrel, acting like, hey, I'm a ship that can do an action, a reposition action, and then also another action. And they both might not cost me any stress at all. Granted, it's every other turn with Poe, Falcon. Um, that's why I like engine upgrade on Poe, Falcon, is because in those early turns, if I want to do a boost that isn't going to stress me, and I don't want to use his ability so early on without using it to pounce on an enemy ship, uh, I'd rather have that white engine upgrade. Give me that early first turn, like, all right, I'm going to go two or three straight, and depending on how the board's turning out, I might boost straight to get a little further on the board edge. I might boost bank towards them to start cutting in harder because they went fast in the middle. I want to start going around behind them with the side arc. Um, I will say it is weird to do that sort of uh, Poe ability to charge, spend, boost, and then pounce on someone when your arcs are to the side because you're moving forward. Your arc is pointed forward. So it, it does take a little bit of practice and know-how to know what type of maneuvers you need to do to maximize that while still using your side arcs. I do think while Poe could put his arc front to back, I think you're going to mitigate more shots going against you and utilizing that boost to work your way around enemies and lessening the amount of shots Poe is going to take by pointing your arcs to the sides. Um, so with that in mind, your I-6, you have F basically fine-tuned controls level of ability. What works really well with that, as we've seen in I-6 ships with illicits like Django, is false transponder codes. Um, that is a definite big part as well when you could... Not only are you locking with a force, just that alone is good. We know that from Django. But you have the ability to do a move, decide if you'd like to do an extra boost, lock, and have a force that with Ray Gunner that's better than a regular force because it can convert a blank if necessary. Um, you're going to lock someone, jam them, and basically print three hits. Um, after that is where this gets into the gray area a little bit. So I think this is the baseline. Ray Gunner, false transponder code, engine upgrade, gray title. You're left with seven points. I see a lot of people uh, wanting to go trick shot. Sure, I'm, I'm not completely against it, but I think they're leaning into Poe's first sentence of his ability and... I like I do like adding dice. It's good. Um, I just have this weird um, sort of pet peeve with big base ships trying to maximize trick shots by bringing all these big obstacles. Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? It is, right? Especially when you are also trying to maximize the usage of the second part of his ability. Because when that, to, to me, is more valuable to give your ship that space to barrel or boost after fully executing a maneuver, or, or bear in mind the barrel's red, but either way, 
Uh, the more obstacles you put on the board, the less of that you can do, the less room you have to do, the more likely you actually are to attempt to do your first sentence of your move. And because you're a big base, you could be blocked on that rock that you said that you were going to try to ignore and hop over. Um, but I've seen a lot of people use trick shot. Then they have three points left. <clears throat> um, you still have another crew slot. You could go Han Solo or you can just do another talent. Um, you're probably not going to use up all those points. You can just go novice technician, which is nice because I don't really want to spend my actions flipping crits that are bad, and this ship will get crits that are bad for it. Uh -huh. Um, or you could, I mean, if if you're going to do front arc, back arc, Poe, I mean, crack shot isn't bad either. You're boosting a lot with that ship, and that could push some serious damage. Have you seen anybody go Corsella? That's I the have, way I, I, I have it. Them, but, but I think they drop engine upgrade to do it. Yeah, you don't need engine if you do that. Yeah. Then. I like Corsella, well, False Transponder, and Trick Shot myself. Yeah. I, I have seen though, that version, but man, I missed that white boost for early so options. There is something interesting about Corsella, though, and it's in that red barrel roll because full, full of Corsella for a second, Dion. The Corsella is also after executing a blue maneuver, uh, which does allow you. I just got to double check the wording of it. After you fully execute a blue maneuver, remove all your stress tokens. Yes. So pose bearer roll is also after you fully execute. So if you fully execute red a blue maneuver, then red bearer roll. Then you can activate Coracella, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan. I would double check that with a judge. To be completely honest, I, I if you are planning on bringing Poe Falcon and Coracella mm -hmm. equipped to Worlds, go talk to a judge. Just to be just, honest. Just, just double sure. check. So, as as it reads, I will. My understanding, because they are the same timing window, you would be able mm -hmm. to do the red barrel roll and then trigger Coracella to to lose the the stress. Right. Now, normally you'd be using Corsella because you're slooping with the title and right. boosting and you're doing these red bear rolls, all these other things, and you'll accumulate up to two, three stress. Mm -hmm. Then you just do one blue maneuver and clear them all. Uh, so, so she's got that. Uh, if you want to be doing the double reposition, the, the bear roll into boost, she's almost a must have then. But like you said, though, Ryan, I think it is either Corsella or Engine Upgrade, depending on what you think you can get more value out of. Well, so <clears throat> um, my my preference is actually not even to take Trick Shot, and that's why I end up with Engine Upgrade, is because um, I value Notorious. I was going to say, I take Notorious if I can. Yeah, I, I do. The Poe Falcon build I like the most is... Ray Gunner, Engine Upgrade, Ray Falcon, False Transponder Code, Notorious, and Novice Technician. Um, I don't want people shooting at my Falcon, Right. I have played against Poe Falcons, and even with Notorious on them, I burn it down. It, like, it can get caught if not played right. Um, it can get caught more times than not. There, there's a lot of ships that have high power maneuverability right now. It's it's catchable, um, which is 
why one i'm not banking on trick shot stuff because i'm gonna end up like wanting some level of bigger rocks but i really don't with this ship i want space i want movement to maximize his extra maneuverability with his repositions and i also want to disincentivize people from shooting me so i have notorious and e so even if i'm i6 because a lot of people think this on django too they're like hey i'm not getting that much value on a notorious because Django shoots, you know, say I'm first player and Django mm -hmm. shoots before, or it's just the fact that they're I6, right? They they shoot before most all the other ships in the game. Why would I take Notorious? Like, because you have other ships on the board that can take advantage of that strain too. Um, I mean, man, I, I, I've... The amount of times I've seen and or heard people who have used, whether it's Django Grievous combination of like, hey, you shoot my Django, I'm going to strain you, mm -hmm. and Grievous has you outmaneuvered. So, are you sure you want to shoot me? <laughs> Probably shouldn't. <laughs> like, same, okay, all right. Yeah, same <laughs> reason why I like bringing out Maneuver Kaz with this Poe, because I want to more distance. Like, if you're going to really look at Poe, you're going to have a notorious strain coming back at you, and you're letting Kaz free reign outmaneuver you. Tough choices. Tough choices. I like it. Oh man. So what? What are some of the other pieces that that people are bringing with Poe? You had mentioned uh, Kaz. I'm assuming maybe. Uh, I mean Finn, right? Finn, yeah, you, Finn, you gotta have the pods. Yep. Finn, Finn and BB-8 uh, just slot into so many lists. Right? Either both together or individually, a three and a two point ship. Because uh, you do have a factor. I think every resistance list is a version of Poe, uh -huh. Kaz, and Finn Pod is kind of where I start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, probably not far off there. Um, and then, yeah, of course, uh, I mean, th that's kind of the problem is that because Poe is seven points, you kind of have to bring value pieces with him uh, to get up to uh, a four ship list. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you're also looking at uh, the new Zay as the four point T70. Yeah, um, you even Lulo as well. Uh, what are the, what is the three point A wings, Marcel? Well, the the three point A wings. Uh, you yeah. get Merle and Ravi. 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 That's right. But genuinely, like you can get a good five point list with Poe, Finn, BB-8, Lulo, and Zay. Like mm -hmm. that is. So take the um, two pods and two four pointers. Basically. Yeah, and if you don't like the way Lulo flies, you can swap them out with. Uh, I know you guys were talking about. Um, Kaz or Kaz or I'm, something. I'm more of Kaz and Zay. I like Lulo just because of the basically shield upgrade and all the other you know fun stuff you could throw on him. Mm -hmm. But um, I think Zay is definitely a, a, a keeper. But yeah, Poe, Finn, BB-8, and two different four pointers, whichever suits your style the most. Whether it's uh, Kaz or T70 or you can even fit um, like me personally. I would probably go with. Um, Merle, not Merle, I'm sorry, uh, with Lulo and Sefton with a Procket because I love Prockets. Um, so two you want that I5. You want that I want two I5. Yeah, two I5 hitters, Poe. So it's Poe, two I5 hitters, then BB-8 and Finn. So there's a ton of different four-pointers you can get, but Poe mm -hmm. with four additional ships mm -hmm. for a total of five ships is, is, a, is a very, very solid list. Especially Finn... And BB-8 both um, carry their weight around, or they earn their points 
better than most other ships in other factions. And uh, yeah, even with all the extra four pointers you mentioned, there's also the, the configuration of seven four three 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 as Poe, Kaz, Lulo, Jose, whatever. I prefer Kaz. So Poe, Kaz, Finn, and two three pointers. You got Jarek, who's another I five with the fireball, who can bring the combination of a missile and either overtune modulators for a very well modded missile or two missiles if you cluster missile him and make uh -huh. him a, a little kind of Malrus type. Or <laughs> fireball go, malice, yeah, yeah. Or you go um, like concussion missile and false transponder code scene. I'm going to jam you and lock you and shoot you with a missile. And then another three pointer, which are probably one of the A wings. I, I, I like Mara a little more. I know I one is scary to fly for some people, but Meryl's ability gets overlooked quite a bit. Um, I don't really. If if I know a Merrill's going to occupy an area, mm -hmm. I really don't want to test getting blocked there. Yeah, because um, I don't want to lose my agility. And you can set up the wombo combo if you uh, block someone with Merrill, and they shoot Poe, who notorious is them, and then Cas gets the outmaneuver, and you lose three, <laughs> three agility. agility. The whole cycle. <laughs> Your if ship you is got dead. There, you either you either severely messed up or didn't look at your opponent's cards. Fair. Been there. Done that. Sure. <laughs> hey, the deeper you go in many, many rounds of X-Swing, the easier it is for your brain to miss miss a couple steps on, on the normal things you should remember. Yeah. Top tip, guys. Read the cards. All righty. So that's been your boogeyman of the week. I think we're about to go into Mando territory. Da wee 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 wee. Da wee 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 wee. All right. So basically, if uh, if you haven't watched the second episode of The Mandalorian season three, it's time for ben, you. Then we to... don't watch you. You're listening to the wrong podcast. Go away. <laughs> I was just gonna say they should probably. Uh, leave so they don't get spoiled because maybe maybe they just been really busy and uh been too tired to stay up to watch it with uh you know with the kids and all and maybe they're working nights uh, the late shift you know it's uh it's maybe they're just having a hard time one person a couple people 10 people who knows how many people uh but anyway spoilers incoming um i really think they should have released the first two episodes at the same time. So hear me out. Hear me really? out. I enjoyed the first episode. The second one was significantly more exciting. Right? Like it had it had it had more drama in it, and I I feel like it left it left more longing. Right, I don't know. I don't know how to mm. describe it, but I think it could have been so the, a, a better. I, I wanted a. I wanted more week one. I, obviously, week two tasted delicious, though. Right, I would, I would almost say like week one was like a very, uh, what I think is like a traditional like western. Right, he went yeah. to the he went to the small town. He got offered the sheriff's position. Uh, they did a shootout in the streets, right? Yeah. Uh, then he got jumped by some bandits on his horse, all right? Yep. Uh, and he had, to, he had to do a shootout through the canyon. Um, like, that feels very westerny. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one very, like, tonally shifts into 
like uh like an adventure story completely yep um where like you're like i i equate it to like uh like rpgs or like dungeons and dragons or whatever where you're going into the dungeon finding the different monsters right uh uh looting the mm-hmm. the boss at the end i yep. guess um i guess they didn't really loot. i, I guess the the waters maybe was uh, the loot all along uh, but yeah so very much more into like uh what i do think is like more star warsy which is like going the call of adventure going out into the unknown uh meeting like uh meeting new adversaries if you will is is uh is a zamithasar uh an adversary i don't know but it i, I screamed when i saw it come up on screen i was like oh uh, <laughs> yeah i do i do love the uh like we've just gotten so used to just like adding like uh what are they, i don't forget what they call where you add uh, like emotions to inanimate objects, but yeah. just like adding emotions to these Mandalorian helmets, and yeah, just Bo-Katan, just like a bunch of air bubbles, just, just like, yeah. <laughs> like whoa, <laughs> did not see that on the way down. Uh, I, I mean, like as they talked about, they're like, you know, all these things, like, oh, no one would have seen a mythosaur in X amount of years. I'm like, there's totally going to be one in the water. I'd like, I, I didn't expect it at all. I, 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 I yeah. For me. I, I just figured like they, they they kept throwing it out there as like uh, oh it's it's all gone or like they've never seen it in a while I'm like this is gonna be what's in the water. <laughs> I was still surprising like they actually did it and how big it was. Right. I had no idea. But it was massive. I was like, yeah. I get the odd feeling that like. Because you've seen big creatures before, like you would, like literally in this, uh, what the first episode, we see a big creature, giant crocodile type. Thing. Sure. Yep. But we even also, then, that's huge compared to that. We had a crate dragon in season oh, two. That's true. That was one was two? very big. That was huge. All right. So here, here's here's a question: Does the mythosaur make another appearance in season three? Or was that oh, just yeah. like 100%. a? Yeah, or it wasn't. It wasn't just like a like an Easter egg theory for sure. Ooh, no, Tim Phil, no. put so, give, give me the foil. I want it. Uh, this, this is rumor mill. So this actually goes back to uh, the finale of Book of Boba Fett. Okay, uh, the kaiju the, of the uh, what are they actually called? Rancor. Yeah, Grogu calms the ra- the rancor at the very end of that ending the battle mm. so and there's been a lot Bo Katan's already brought up that like the dark saber is like what how you'll rule like she's like go rule your people or whatever to the mando uh, or something like that actually she says to go home which is kind of a slant against him but right the uh but she, you know, implying that the dark saber, even the the armor is like the dark saber is like, you know, whoever wields the dark saber is in charge of the main Lorians or whatever, um, that kind of culty stuff. But what I think would transcend creeds of all Mando religions is <laughs> someone taming the Mythosaur. Uh, is it like the little Grogu just sitting on its head? Yeah, uh, I mean that's. I feel like I don't know. That's kind of like Avatar-ish in a, in a way. The yeah. first Avatar where he gets the big creature or whatever. But yeah, uh, 
yeah, I I have to assume that uh, the Mandalorian all along w- might not be Din. I have a different opinion. Different tinfoil. I actually think uh, Bo-Katan will end up um, like her arc will go from like a like she lost faith she thought it was just a myth they even play that off that uh like it's just a ritual it's just a game and that she that her arc will come back to i think it already started coming back to like believing i mean did, did you see her um, wield the dark saber oh and dude and that, that and was amazing was foreshadowing i thought that was like 100 foreshadowing like yeah like it was especially because they showed den earlier struggle with it yeah like mm. she was meant for mm. it so that's that's where uh, so my tinfoil hat will be that um, she will, Bo-Katan will be the one that ends up ruling Man, the um, Mandalore. Mandalore, yeah. The, Mandal- well, the Mando world or whatever you call it. Uh, but I do, th- I like that thought where it's, it's Grogu that, that kind of calms the beast. Uh, and maybe even the Mandalorian that, that rides it, but ultimately Bo-Katan is going to sit the uh, the rusted out hazardous material Iron Throne. Yeah, man, I, I'm curious to know if we're gonna end up getting like a like a salvation of Mandalore type of thing, like because obviously you saw that the 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 land was turned into essentially stone, right? Like everything is this like completely everything's like this jade type of uh, of sounds uh, like obsidian, like yeah, like, uh, just like vaporized glass into yeah. a gla- uh, or vaporized sand into glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm I I wonder if we could get some type of I mean we have the force, right? We we got we we see in a mythosaur now in the in the show is there somehow where all that can come together and heal the land in some way or make it livable again? Under, imagine like season finale, Bo-Katan on Mandalore holding the dark saber, and people are like repopulating Mandalore. Like that be I mean, like. I mean, if there's like, uh, like an uncovered like Beskar mine or something, oh. like that could like give them a bunch of resources to rebuild. That would be interesting. Maybe it's guarded by the Mythosaur. Hmm. Maybe. Also, a, a connection. Dragon hoarding the riches. I mean, that, mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, you could see it, right? Just like a pile of Mandalorian armor, as well. You know, just being like, yeah, I got some. You need, you need. I got, I got some. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, something that just, I just made a connection here right now. So I know that Din was supposed to bathe in the waters of the mines of Mandalore. Uh, does getting pulled in count? Like, does it? Uh, he's yeah, good now. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking. Like, yeah, why not? Is being like, is this, if I throw you into a pool or pull you down, did you make the choice to so bathe in the water? Do you think he got pulled down, or do you think he just? I like, just that, think he's that a was dummy. a long drop. Like it just like it went from like shallow water to just like 
boom, straight down. And that armor, <laughs> I assume, is really heavy, and he didn't have his jetpack. That's what I'm thinking. I think he was just a dummy and not paying attention. He's like, I thought he didn't get pulled down. He didn't get pulled. He he kind of fell. It was dramatic effect. Yeah, he stepped over the edge. I mean, they even showed it was uh, it was a steep like the the stairs end, and then it's just like uh, I I must be misremembering it. It was was meant to like stay that way, and it just crumbled. Further down below. Yeah, because otherwise Bo-Katan would have been like, "Hey, careful! Like, there's." I, mean, I think that, that, that actually makes more sense. That it, it fell like, beneath him. Not that he just like stepped off the, the ledge. Like, not even that it uh, fell beneath him. Probably when they dropped all the bombs and everything, whatever whatever floor was there is no longer there, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she had spent a lot of time there, she never saw the mythosaurus because it was below whatever cement or whatever rock mm-hmm. structure was keeping that mythosaur down there so probably that mythosaur has been down there for forever and nobody ever knew because there was like a rock formation it's probably it used to be like a tunnel or a cave or something that's probably yeah that makes but sense yeah, he just he just walked over the edge like a dummy i'm scrubbing i'm scrubbing through it right now oh okay another question i remember right now that like robot thing the robot oh, yeah. with the yeah. with the eye. It was, it was mostly just like an eye head. Does uh, it to me bug? that eye looked just like one of the the trash compactor monster. Mm, the eye, it looked okay. just like one of those. Yeah, I, they never showed what was inside there. Like it looks like something was inside. It was just telescoping the the, the eye itself. I mean, I. We assume it Pokatan killed it, but she only just kind of cut up the bigger crab thing that it got back into. I'm like, if I was Bokatan there, I would continually be smashing the head. <laughs> I don't know how small that thing was. I guess he did just kind of fall. I don't know why I thought. I also watched it. It, w- it must have been like one o'clock in the morning after, like you know, <laughs> sure, having sure. A, a hard day with uh, with the baby. And yeah, he just he just kind of falls down. You know, I, it must have been like the splashes. At first, I thought it was like a like a hand or something. I think is what I what I saw. I mean, it could have been. It could it could have been the mythosaur. Probably hungry down there. Nom 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 nom. He's a big boy though. He has to be eating something. Right? Like, you're, you're not just big. Uh, maybe there's, well, I mean, like, some algae it? growing down there or so something, you know? I what, I what we don't know, because we don't know what that alien in, in, the, in the machines was doing, but it seemed to be, like, draining the blood from Din, the Mando. Yeah. The mm. fluids in general, which I don't know what for, whether it consumes it or not, but I... What do you think? I don't I mean, know what ta- it does with the bodies. You have to assume he's on the side of the. What do they call those? I was going to say Algax, but that's not right. They called they called those creatures something that used to live outside the city. Um. Oh, the 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 more uh, gorilla ish type things. Yeah, the primitive. Them? Yeah, gorillas. Uh, I forget well, what they I'm, were, but I'm not sure. Uh, they, uh, Bo-Katan said him by name, but, uh, you'd have to assume that the, the robot cyborg thing, uh, was at least like, 
cool with those, right? Or else he'd have to like defend <laughs> defend his position. We good. They might even work together. That's what I'm saying. Like, was he like capturing people for them? Was he draining them? Um, how do you say? Was he like helping them mutate? Could be anything. I forget that the, that Disney Plus won't show off of uh, screen share kick. Screen screen no, share. no, they know. They know. <laughs> they got all. The, they got all the fancy. All the tech. All the tech. All right. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about Mando wise? I I enjoyed the episode. That seeing seeing more. Uh, we're we're starting to set up the problems for uh, for the season. Yeah, I mean that's the, the you asked the the right question though of like is he cleansed now? Uh, like what is the magic of Mandalore that everyone believes in? Like. What does it take? Because Bo-Katan just passed off all of that stuff. It was just like, yeah, it's nonsense. It was just a ritual that I did because they wanted me to. Yep. Um, he took like his we saw, He's clean now. Uh, what was the... I forget the... Is the armor who was like ceremonializing uh, the kid in the first episode. Yeah. So like... Uh, so like... How does he prove... One question. How does he prove... That he took the bathy, like, I mean, he's he's a square. Like, he literally came, he came in and he's the one that said I took my helmet off. So yeah, why would he lie? He's never. I, guess, seem to have I, I, lied. I guess. He's also a terrible liar. Did you see him in the Imperial episode with Bill Burr? Terrible true, liar. True. True. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Armando is not infallible. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. It's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, here's my here's my next Mando question. We'll close this out. What is something you want to see this season, whether that be an actual just like, I want to see this in it or something that you would like to happen this season? Ryan, I'll yeet it up to you first. Um, R five redemption arc. <laughs> I like it. We finally get something done and not be and, and not just fail well, at the, the job. I guess. You know who R five was like. Oh, I know. Can, I mean, he, that that is Skippy. It's true. Oh, Canonically, it's though. Canonically. I mean, we, we, I mean, Skippy is back. It's true. Uh, the Force-sensitive uh, droid. That's maybe that's why he was being all nervous because he knows he, he knows what's up. I think R five will do something uh, redeeming at some point, and not just be. Uh... What, what, what Pelly assumes him to be, which is a mostly useless droid that she tries to oversell to Mando. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I could see the line where he does something. It's like something along the lines of, I know you weren't a piece of junk. <laughs> Will, what about you? Uh, I'll, I'll take uh, either one of these. It's kind of a two-parter. But first off, 
Grogu wielding the dark saber with like super ease. I would love like even though it's like way too big for him, he's still just like swinging around with ease. That would be amazing. Second part though, here's where it gets interesting. I know, I know this is a Mandalorian show, but Grogu fights with the dark saber against a red lightsaber wielding opponent. Oh, okay. Would the dark saber adjust in length? No, no, he's just really no. no I want him to be like Yoda, proficient with it unnaturally, <laughs> uh, and just be amazing with it. Marcel, uh, hope or what do you? I just what's something? What's something you'd like to see? You know, nothing, nothing like if then I'm not saying like something's gonna break your heart if you don't get it, but what's something you you think could be cool? Um. I like the whole um, original reason of why the Empire was so not not just because Baby Yoda had the Force and they were like going after Force users. Um, there's something in that initial episode or initial two or three episodes from season one mm -hmm. where Baby Yoda had something to do with the cloning of uh force sensitive so that's i want that arc to make its way back oh i, I want to know where that where that's because obviously uh big ball d what's his name um from like episode seven and eight uh, he was cloned uh um, oh he's snoke snoke yeah, <laughs> yeah snoke. Like baldy big baldy tall baldy guy um, interesting who do you think they should they were cloning Oh, I think they were trying to right? clone. Oh, you mean who do who who were they cloning? Because they cloned like a bunch of Palpatines and they cloned yeah. a bunch of Snokes. Yeah. Was well, it going to be a Snoke? Do you think it's going to be some sort of half deformed evil baby Yoda? I, I actually just don't. I just want that arc to come around. Oh, like, okay. Well, do because they, think, he, so that he was like the guinea pig or something. Do we think that there's a actual main reason that they are overlapping Mando and Bad Batch? That's what I'm thinking as well, because as Bad, Bad Batch, Batch is leaning getting, heavily into that cloning. Yeah, into the like, oh, Empire's taking the cloning stuff for themselves mm. and trying to do something with it. Is, that, is there going to be a tie-in between those two shows? Because, I mean... We really haven't seen much full season at full season overlapping of anything on Disney Plus. I think the closest we got was we got um, Tales of the Jedi that came out around the same time as something else. I forget what it was. Um, yeah, those shorts. The yeah, but most of the time they've been trying to you know keep space it, it out yeah. to keep people incentivized to stay on Disney Plus's subscriptions. So why overlap one of your biggest Star Wars shows with your biggest animated Star Wars show right now? Mm -hmm. like, probably not a lot of business sense there unless they're actually trying to tie them together. There's some type of story reason. Yeah. I could see it. I could definitely see it. Oh, hmm. Hmm. Um, what do I want to see uh, for myself? 
I like who who said it in the chat. Uh, first time caller mentioned uh, I want a one to one replacement of the Razor Crest. I just want more ships. Give me more ships. Even if it's not for Mando, just let's see some more cool ships. Uh, I love that in episode one we got a space battle. Uh, I'd like to see him fly even another another ship, whether that be uh, uh, another starfighter or um, or a larger larger ship, because that just means more content for X-wing. Now I know what uh, the serious thing that I know what I want, because our five redemption arc was kind of just a funny thing. Uh, um, hit, hit us! Hit I want to see Mando take on the pirate ship, like board it and fight all the pirates, and you fight the boss pirate in a cool fight. Oh what yeah, that? that for sure. Like a barrack style battle, like from season one, just going in there and just tearing them up. Yes, yeah. please. Yes, please. Let's get the shootout. Let's make it happen. Who? Who against who? The pirates. So, Mando. Remember those pirates in episode one? Yeah. And the, the, the swamp thing looking pirate guy? I want oh. Mando to be like boarding that pirate ship and taking them all on. Uh, oh, yeah. The Pirate of the Caribbean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, like, have it be in some weird space storm if you want to make it more pirate-like, too. Okay, who cares? Um, I we did think it. it was cool in the episode one how, like, basically um, Mando turned into, like, Rambo. If you guys ever saw Rambo, he's just, like, he, he, he disappeared amongst the asteroids and he's just slowly picking them off surprise out of nowhere and, like, sneaking back around in a way. Mm -hmm. like, he, he completely went Rambo on them. <laughs> love it love it well ah we gotta wait a couple more days for some more mando mando licious uh it's on the way happy st patrick's day to anybody who's celebrating on friday um other than that we got anything else gentlemen before we head out into hyperspace seems like we're good all right everybody stay smart stay safe 10 days till the world championships of x-wing gold squadron 